Hi, this is Michelle with Moms Letting Go. If you're here, it's because you have a son or daughter who is addicted to drugs or alcohol. And we want you to know that you are not alone. It's a difficult journey. Thank you for tuning in today. I have Steve Makofka with me today. He's a certified family life educator, a family coach. He's been a pastor for more than 20 years. And his coaching is in the recovery and mental health field. Uh, He lives in Dayton, Ohio. And he has written the book, Family Recovery, Build the Family You Need with the People You Already Have. You can find his book on Amazon. And I'm so excited because Steve knows a lot about mom guilt and how to let go without uh, losing control of your children or without losing hope. So welcome, Steve. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so um, when, did you, when did you launch your book? Well, the book actually came out of um, working inpatient, and we would work with individuals um, on addiction and mental health issues. Um, and then there would always be a point at which usually a family member would pick them up or uh, a finan- uh, family dynamic um, would become significant and we would start talking about it. And I started looking for resources to deal with the family dynamic of everything we were doing with um, every mental health issue, every really health issue, um, recovering and healing, all all has final, family dynamics. And uh, mm-hmm. I I didn't find the uh, the resource I was looking for, um, so started doing some research and some study, um, connecting with uh, National Council on Family Relations, um, seeking certification, and just really you know. As you know, sometimes you have to invent the tools and create the tools that you need um, to address the problem. So you went and wrote the book that you always wanted and wasn't available. Yep. Yeah, and I bet it's it's just really empowering families all over um, because there's so many moving parts in addiction and how you work together as a family is super important. Um, I know that firsthand, you know, you have everybody playing their roles in the addiction and, and then if there's children involved, there's, there's that piece that is very difficult too. So, um, what, what has been the most rewarding thing for you, uh, in your, in your profession and in writing the book? I I have a a dream uh and an image that I carry in my head and that is this this picture of people going home and home being better that oh, when that. they get there that that feeling of belonging and acceptance and support and sharing that um when when I share in a group and uh, we've done workshops on rebuilding these relationships. And when people tell me the relationships are better, the trust is coming back, the communication. Um, one of the uh, recovery groups that I work with, um, 
we we put the the families and the people in recovery together and let them talk to each other and um one of the uh, one of the guys in recovery and and it's interesting because the person in recovery and the family member may not be part of the same family but they're they're part of this organization and so and then we we recognize milestones and achievements one of the recovery um people told the story they said i I was sitting talking to my mom and mom got up and left the room and left her keys and wallet on the table with me there And, and the person said and that so oh my gosh we're we're making progress because she would not have done that a year or two ago, you know, when, when the child was in active addiction, you know, you have to watch and take care of all of those things and boundaries and trust. And, and um, the person said that was the point at which I knew the relationship was healing. And when you get to contribute to something like that, um, yeah, that's, that's the reward. That's the payoff. Well, I can tell you our, our son and daughter-in-law are now um, 13 months into recovery, and they moved home this week. And oh, wow. last weekend, <laughs> well, not home, not into my home. I mean into our home city. Oh, okay. They came, yeah, no, not not with us, but we have their children and, and have, have had guardianship for a couple of years. So they came to visit, and we sat in the living room, and – Mom and Dad were so open about their recovery, and it was like, oh, finally, we can just talk about it. And the nine-year-old sat in her mother's lap the entire time, and we laughed because Mom and Dad are pretty heavy right now. Like uh-huh. they went from our son, our son before, uh, before his. Uh, before he went into recovery was 150 pounds and he's now 215. And so we talked about, you know, the brain and how it just, my point is that it was like, okay, the elephant's in the room and we can talk about it. And it was so much progress to somebody else. It might not have been any big deal, but you know, when you go that far and you see that reward, it's just, it's God. It's like a miracle in front of you. So um, it you is. You witness that every day. That's awesome. Yeah. And That's and great. when you can have, and when you can have the discussion, and you've gotten past the stigma, and you've gotten past the judgment, sure. and you've gotten past the guilt, and there's, which doesn't mean you've gotten necessarily past the pain. Right. Because the pa- the pain yeah. tends to linger. Um, sure. But the relationships yeah. are open. Um, right. It's a start. It's, it's, it's. So what would you say to so, so many of my moms are learning how to let go? And it's so hard when they have a son or daughter who's in active addiction and we want them to get well so bad that we try to facilitate that in all the wrong ways. And Mm -hmm. finally we come to a point and we're like, no, we have to let go and let them take the consequences of their actions so that they 
realize that they are the only ones in control of their lives. They are the only ones who can get themselves well. And even though we want to do that for them, we can't. Um, But yet so often moms want to keep giving money, keep giving a place to to live, um, pay pay their bills um, because they're they think they're they're keeping their child alive. What would you say to right. that? Um, we understand. Um, I, yeah. I've got a child who's not currently living with us, but has um, been in and out. And um, I, I in in group sessions, I will tell parents, and it's it's shocking when I say it, and it's kind of on purpose. Um, and but I get this wide-eyed stare. Parenting is the process of letting go of your children. Exactly. From the time you teach them to walk, from the time you teach them to talk, you teach them to ride a bike, you send them on the school bus, it is that process of letting go. Anything that you love, you have to let go of. You have to let go of the desire to control another person. And we want to, especially if they don't have a lot of self-control, if they don't make good decisions. Um, there's one set of grief when you're, you know, when you've made a, as a parent, you've made a certain set of mistakes, and then you have to watch your children repeat them, and you oh, wish you could just, <laughs> no, you know. Um, but there's another kind of pain if, like, if you were like the the good compliant child um and then you have a child that's not and then you have no you know no understanding into why would somebody do that why did that seem like a good idea um so so parents you know moms can come at this from the oh i understand why they're doing it because i did it uh and then other moms have the i i don't understand why you know What's the appeal or what's the thought process? What's the feel right? I'm sorry, say again? Oh, yeah, that they just, that they would be, um, so many are like, well, why can't they just stop already? Yeah. Oh, oh, that one, that one. Um, Well, and I'm sure you get into the answer of that, you know, which is they can't. Um, right. You know, if it was that easy, they would have. We wouldn't have you know, an epidemic. Yes, that's they, what I They them. wouldn't yeah. have. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was my life goal since I was a child is to Not, be yeah. addicted to something and lose control of my life and hurt myself and everyone around me. Nobody nobody chooses that. Um, it is out of control. And so finding the way to be loving and supportive uh, without enabling, without being codependent, um, without interfering with cause and effect and behavior and consequence, um, those are tough decisions and and a lot of times highly individualistic. Oh sure, and and I tell moms that often. I said, you know, in the end, you get to choose what you do, and, and nobody knows your family dynamics better than anybody else. So we have suggestions, but um, they have to take what they want and leave the rest because not everybody can can live with themselves and do hard 
hard uh, letting go like some other ones can. And, and it's a process. But one of the things I found, too, and I know they're doing a lot of research on this, is that moms and dads, parents in general, are sometimes addicted to unhealthy helping. And so oh. the, the, the changes in the addict are often mirrored in a different way through, through a parent. And, and so I often recommend that moms really learn the 12 steps of recovery mm-hmm. because I say, you know what, we expect our, our kids to, go, to do this, right? So let, why don't we jump in this too? So, let, so, so I've podcasted about the 12 steps and take oh, them yes. through that. Um, we have one mom who, who follows her child everywhere on a tracker. So she knows where he is 24-7. She'll wake up in the middle of the night just to check where he is. And that, to me, can become very addictive, too. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, and we, we talk a lot about uh, in all mental health, and especially if you're a caregiver, self, self-care is job one. Um, right. One of our statements is you, you can't give what you don't, what have. You don't have. And to, you know, you have one life that's in jeopardy. You don't want there to be two. And I'm sure you talked about the oxygen mask principle right. of, yeah. you know, putting your own oxygen mask right. on first, taking care of yourself, um, yeah, and, and setting the healthy boundaries, saying no, um, there's there's a little thing if um, for your listeners if if they have the ability to write this down but it's easy to remember um, okay. the the process um, that I teach in the book uh, nicely alliterated is look listen love and let go so the letting go is actually the fourth step in a process where Ooh. we first look inside. Because a lot of times we're trying to resolve our own issues through our child. I feel like I'm a horrible mother. If I can get my child to recover, then I'll feel better about myself as a mother. Or unresolved issues that we have with our parents. Or um, So to look inside first and be healthy inside first so that we're dealing with the situation we're we're thinking and feeling in a healthy manner. We're maintaining healthy relationships. We're not jeopardizing our well-being and safety to rescue or enable a child. So look inside. And then when we have the opportunity to communicate, to listen to the person in addiction to understand. A lot of times we judge or correct or preach or all sorts of things that that aren't necessarily helpful. And so when we ask questions and understand, um, one of the organizations that I work with was born out of a mother just saying to her daughter, help me understand this from your perspective. And what the person... what the person in recovery needs is like, I just want you to listen and understand. Don't tell me what to do. Don't try to fix it. Just listen to me without judging. And right. that is, that's what keeps the relationship open during the recovery process. So okay. we have a look, look inside, listen to understand, and then whatever decision you make, 
and uh, we make you you have to make the decision you can live with if you help them if you move closer if you set boundaries if you say no if you let them in if you you know don't let them in you have to be able to know that what you did was out of love and you know my wife and i have personally let our child into our home for a while to stay because we felt like that was the loving response we've also okay. asked them to leave <laughs> and throw right, them out sure. which was also a loving response a loving response um and then the look, listen, love, and then you let go. You don't get to control the outcome. You can you can you do everything right. Yeah, that's the higher power and giving it over. Yeah. It, do you know, I, I mean, this is just a side note, but do you happen to know, like, what page that is uh, that you talk about, the look, listen, love, and let go? What page 92. What page on in the book? Yeah. That is on page, and I, I have it right in front of me. Awesome. Well, Steve, I think what, well, I do um, Facebook lives on my Facebook uh, page for moms all the time. And Mm -hmm. I think what I'm going to do is, um, I love this fourth, you know, this four step, one, two, three, yeah, four step process Mm -hmm. and explaining that. And that way I can um, also refer to your book again on a specific page. If if that's okay, if I have your permission, I'd like to share that more too. Um, this is so valuable. I I hope that um, moms are finding it as valuable to them as it is to me. And what what I what I shared last week um, were that we all have blind spots, and I think that's what you're referring to when you say look inside at yourself. But I I didn't think about it that way. That oftentimes our blind spots are those unresolved issues. That yes. that we have within ourselves that stem from maybe our childhood or our parents or something else, but um, that's so important. Thank you. You're welcome. That's the that's the core. If we can get it down to that, and then um, yeah, there's there's several chapters. We take each of these and um, you know go a little deeper into loving and accepting um, how to. Accept the person even when you're not accepting the behavior what to support doing, the yeah. person, even when you're not supporting their decisions. Um, that's a very delicate balance. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've tried to talk about that, and it's a difficult concept um, to to share, but then to live and actually do. Um I I often hear moms in the group, too, they'll say, oh, my goodness, my child came home, they baited me, we got angry, I reacted instead of patiently responded, you know, because we try to stay in control. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, it's like they know, they know our trigger points, and then after afterwards, they're just so mad at themselves for the way they acted um, because it was ineffective, right? They got roped right into the crises again, um, and their child was able to manipulate. And then what happens is they feel guilty for reacting the way they did, and then they right. feel pity for their child, and then they end up giving them what they what they initially didn't want to. So how do you could you recommend something for moms that might be – a tool they can use 
if they know they're going to be around their child and they know they're often like going to get wrapped up into the anger that happens in their presence, what, what would you say to speak into uh, that? Um, yeah, and the what you what you said about triggers was exactly right. And part of the looking inside of ourselves is why why am I angry? Um, yeah. And 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 the roots of anger is either I'm afraid of losing something, so it's related to fear, um, or I want something and I'm not getting it. And so to look inside when you have that anger response, first of all, the first thing I would say is breathe. Breathe, take a deep breath, <laughs> relax, don't engage, you know, and this, this is yeah. this is techniques we have to practice when they're adolescents, you know, uh, and they're yeah, getting on our great. last nerve, um, you know, and one, one of the parenting things is, you know, never have a crisis at the same time as your child. Um, so if one of them is already in crisis, like, okay, this is your crisis, I'm not going to have one with you. When you leave, I may have mine, but right now, um, <laughs> well, know your triggers, uh, phrases okay. like, see, you always, that's what you always do, and you never, um, you know, uh, people in, in recovery, you know, their brain is just overriding their sense and logic and morals and values, and so they're doing whatever they need to do to get their fix. Um so they'll use guilt manipulation. They will, you know, what is the thing that I can say that's going to hurt the most? Um, you know, and, and kids are very good at finding their parents' triggers and weaknesses and exploiting them. Um, so the the watch out for the anger. Um, what, ask yourself, what is it that I want that I'm not getting? Um Whenever we're hurt in a conversation, if we are feeling attacked, um, the natural response is I'm going to defend myself and then I'm going to try to hurt the person who hurt me. Okay. And so, and so to break that cycle, it's like I have, as the, as the mom, I have just been hurt. I have just been attacked. I'm not going to defend myself and I'm not going to counterattack. Okay. I'm going to take the okay. breath. I'm going to stay calm. Um, keep the because the the anger turns on the emotional part of the brain, turns off the rational part. Right. I have to respond to um, the the parent has to stay in touch with their values, and that's where yes. I have to. I mean, you love this person and you feel their pain. But you have to get to the loving response, which may, may very well be the word no. Right. And the word no, <laughs> very simple. Uh, but I yeah. need you to know. Um, so so what, what I just um, to kind of interject something here. Before I would talk, before I would talk to my son, when when I knew I was so easily triggered, I think inadvertently I, I went through some of that. But then I would take it a step further, and I would like make myself notes before I would talk to him. And so 
I love what you just said because I could use this as mantra, mantra. I never know how to say that word. Right. I am not going to. I am not going to defend myself. I am not going to fight back. I am not going to defend myself. I'm not going to fight back. Like, it's yeah, just something yes. that you can say to yourself over and over before you are with your child so that um, maybe you can deflect their anger or, like you said, just let them have their crisis and not have one with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then be able to... Um, listen better to their perspective without judging. Um, Wow. Powerful, powerful. Imagine, you know what happened in my group, if a mom has done this, she shares. And then I sit there and go, well done. (laughs) Because you know know how hard it is. Like we, we applaud each other. And I think that's what's so important. I want to build a program of mom sponsoring moms, right? So that, we can come to our groups and say, hey, you guys, I did this today. Are you proud of me? Yes, way to go. Because it is so hard to stay in control. So I, I, I must have a weird sense of humor because I'm laughing. But I, Oh, no, it's, it's, it's not, so much fun. It, but when, when you can hope to control yourself better and you actually do it, you feel that you are changing and that you are transforming as a person. And that is fun. That is so rewarding. So because we're moving the dial for our addicted loved one and it's all out of love that we're doing this. So when we're successful, we feel like we are contributing in a positive way. Well, we, we get when we, whenever we lose control of ourselves and we allow somebody else to control us, we lose self-respect. I hate myself. I hate myself. Why did I do that? Why did I say that I wasn't going to do this? I wasn't going to say it. I let them take control. However, when we maintained control, and this, I, I can picture the moms getting together and go, you know what I wanted to say? And then, then you say it to the other moms. I didn't say it. I was so proud of myself. You know, I thought it and I felt it, but I didn't say it. And then that self-respect for how you're dealing with the situation starts to grow. Um, And to be fair, very often um, with addicted children, we're changing the rules in the middle of the game. Right. And whenever you change, and that always makes people angry. It's like, well, this has always been okay. Why is it not okay now? Well, you always used to do this, and now you're changing the rules. And so accepting their anger and frustration that, yes, you're right. I am changing the rules. I am, you know, this isn't fair. I'm not trying to be right. fair. I'm trying to be loving. Good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm typing some of this. I hope our listeners can't hear me, but I, I want to get this down because it helps. I, it's the way I process stuff because I'm a writer. I just, mm-hmm. um, process through writing and then I absorb it better. So thank you for that. We're not trying to be fair. We're trying to be loving, right? Well, and I, I had four kids, and and you only have to give that speech. That's not fair. Oh, you want me to be fair? <laughs> you want me to you want me to treat you exactly the same as I treat your younger sibling? No. Well, no. Oh, <laughs> no. So you want me to be good? You want me to be gracious and merciful? That's what you're asked. Okay, really? I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Well, um, thanks. Thanks so much for all of this today, Steve. Um, again, listeners, this his book, Family Recovery, Build the Family You Need with the People You Already Have. You can find it on Amazon. I'll leave it on, on the link to this podcast. And um, I would really, really like to have you another time, Steve, and, and maybe we um, can get some feedback from our listeners and hear if there's something else that they would like you to speak into. But um, this has been so beneficial. And That would I be great. That- I, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think we're going to be in, in touch quite a bit because uh, yeah. we're, we're working on the same issues and thinking in a lot of the same directions. Yeah, it's always fun. Sure it's always are. good to find. Well, and, and I love when God puts people in front of me. Um, it, it's like a wink saying, Michelle, you're doing the right thing because mm-hmm. there are many times where this road is difficult and, and we stop and think, what am I doing? It's so much work. I have grandchildren to raise or whatever it is that we have going on in our lives. There's a lot of reasons to stop. But when, when I meet people like you who are on a similar mission, uh, it just really empowers me to keep going with where, with what I'm doing. So thank you for the encouragement in, in what you're doing for families too. Um, And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. And for listeners, if you want to join our Facebook group is um, Moms Letting Go. It's a private group. Nobody sees what you write or, or view about, and we encourage each other. The Facebook group kind of goes along with my free book, Moms Letting Go, and you can find that on momslettinggo.com and download the book, or you can buy it through Amazon as a paperback. It's in journal form, so you can journal and share some of your journey with the rest of us moms. We'd love to hear from you. So God bless.